My grandfather was born in the village of Telkef, which at the time of his birth was part of the Ottoman Empire in 1897. As a young man, that uh, same town became part of the nation of Iraq. He got married, and his wife, my grandmother, gave birth to 15 children, only eight of whom survived to adulthood, which was common in those small villages in that place and at that time. But of those eight children, uh, they gave him many, many grandchildren. But when I was born, I became and remained by far his favorite. Uh, don't worry, my siblings know that, my cousins know that, and obviously it's because I was so cute, right? No, that wasn't why. I became his favorite because I was the first son born to one of his sons, right? And even though my grandfather loved his daughters, when they married, they became part of their husband's families. That's how people thought of it back then. So in a unique way, my grandfather's family continued through me. And this was an idea which was a very big deal in most societies for most of history. People had the strong sense that they lived on in their children and grandchildren. That they made their mark on the world not only by what they did during their lives, but by what their descendants would do. And with this background, we can better appreciate the promises that God makes to King David. So remember, David began as a humble shepherd boy. He took care of his father's flock. He would lead them to pastures and to water. He would protect them from predators. He was a talented musician. He would play music on a harp-like instrument. But he lived an ordinary life, and yet God had big plans for him. Through the prophet Samuel, God chose him to be the next king of Israel. God sent his Holy Spirit upon David. When David went up against Goliath, God was with him. When he became a great general, God was with him. And when he was crowned king, God was with him. But this was just the beginning of things. And so when David is king, God makes him three promises, huh? The first promise, God says, I will make you great and give you victory over your enemies. Well, God kept that promise. Uh, David became a triumphant king who reigned for 40 years. Secondly, God promises David, you will have a son who will build a temple and make the kingdom firm. And indeed, David's son Solomon built the temple, made the kingdom firm, and had a peaceful and prosperous reign. But the third promise that God gave him is a seemingly impossible promise. For God tells David that your house and your kingdom and your throne will be established forever. God promised David an everlasting dynasty. Well, 400 years later, it seemed that the third promise had failed. In 586 B.C., the armies of Babylon marched into Jerusalem and destroyed the temple. They took the Jewish people into captivity in Babylon, where they were for 70 years. And even though they returned home and they rebuilt the temple, for over 500 years there was no Davidic king who ruled. And yet that whole time, God's promise to David continued to echo 
in the minds and hearts and the imaginations of the Jewish people. And no one believed that promise more than the peasant girl who lived in the little town of Nazareth. Her name was Mary. She was engaged to a man named Joseph who was of the house of David. One night, the angel appears to her. You know the one you've been expecting, Mary, the son of David who will rule forever? You are going to be his mother. In that very moment, after the news is announced, all of creation held its breath, awaiting Mary's response. Our salvation hinged on what she would say. Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done to me according to your word. And with that, God's third promise to David is fulfilled. Because with that, yes, right, the word of God becomes incarnate in her womb, the Messiah who will reign forever. When we read our Bibles, we see that God makes many promises. And I think they can all be summed up in one word. Emmanuel, God with us. When Jesus ascends into heaven and he gives his disciples the command to make disciples of all nations, he says to them, I am with you always until the end of the age. People make lots of promises. People break lots of promises. Sometimes they break the promise because they lacked integrity in the first place. They didn't mean what they said. Sometimes they meant what they said but they just end up being unable to keep their promises. But God has perfect integrity. He always means what he says. And God has perfect ability. So we can rely on his promises. But in a way, God's promise will change our lives to the extent that we believe. God made the fulfillment of his promises dependent on an act of faith by Mary. And he wants to fulfill his promises to us through our faith. Someone who believed totally in God's promises was Chiara Badana. So she was born in 1971 in Italy. And when she was born, her parents were overjoyed because for 11 years they had been trying to have a child. And, and so she, they saw her birth as an answer to prayer. And from an early age, she was close to the Lord. She was very generous even as a child, she saved her allowance money so that she could donate it to the African missions. And I'm sure all you little ones here, when you get your Christmas gifts, you're going to give them to missions right now. I'm just kidding. Okay. She would give away her lunches um, to, to his classmates that were less fortunate than her. When she was nine years old, she uh, encountered the Focolaria movement, and she fell in love with Jesus. And as she grew into her teen years... She had admitted, was in many ways seemingly a normal teenager. She, she listened to pop music. She liked to dance and sing. She played sports. But when she was 16, she sensed that God was calling her to be totally his. And so she uh, became a consecrated, a consecrated woman. Well, not long after that, God re revealed that, that his calling to make her totally his was going to turn out differently than the way she had envisioned because not long after that, she was diagnosed with a painful form of bone cancer. During her treatments, she would refuse the morphine just because she wanted to be awake and alert and responsive. 
She would visit the other patients in the hospital, encouraging them. She'd spend time with them. And something one of her doctors said, I think, is very beautiful. One of her doctors, he said, through Kiara's smile and through her eyes full of light, she showed us that death doesn't exist. Only life exists. During one of the painful procedures that was part of her treatment, she had a vision of Mary, and Mary touched her. And she said, with that moment, she was filled with courage. She said, I understood that if we're always ready for everything, God sends us many signs of his love. She asked if she could be buried in a wedding dress because her death would allow her to become fully the bride of Christ. Of course, her mother, it was very hard for her mother with her daughter dying, but she would try to cheer up her mother. She said, Mom, when you're getting me ready, keep saying to yourself, Kiara Luce is now seeing Jesus. So Kiara died in 1990 and her story spread and people began to ask for her prayers from heaven and many miracles were worked through her intercession. One of these, which became the basis for her to be declared a blessed in the church. Like Mary and like Kiara, may we believe in the promises of God and may God's promises be fulfilled in and through us. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Be it done to me according to your word.